Jesus is talking in John 14, right? He's getting ready to go do his passion. And he starts talking about the comforter, right? I'm not going to leave you alone. The same spirit that's with me, the same spirit that's going to raise me from the dead. Yes. I'm going to give the same thing to you. Yes. He's going to be in you. He's going to dwell in you. Oh, my goodness. And then Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Right. And he says, me and the Father are going to come <laughs> and abode in you. Yes, oh, amen. my goodness. When I read that, I, I receive it, Jesus. I receive it amen. in the name of Jesus. I receive it, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. The name amen. of Jesus is magnified in my life in the name of Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I was out of Walmart the other day, and I was walking in there. I just took my phone out and just turned on prayer. Praise music, man. Bro, I just started praising the Lord right in the middle of Walmart. People are looking at me. I'm walking in there. Everybody walking in there in the sullen spirit. I'm like, I'm not going to have this attitude. Uh-uh, not me. So I got it in my pocket, and I'm just walking down praising God, and I'm just singing in the Holy Ghost. I did it twice at Walmart this week. I mean, glory be glory be to God. I mean, let your moderation be known to all men, right? The Lord is with us, right? He's with us, right? So don't get anxious. Don't get fearful, yeah. right? I mean, he's with us. We exalt his name in the heavens. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. I mean, he's in Thank us. He's Thank in us. Jesus. Right? He's in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Just stay right there. Okay. Amen. Eric, come here. Come on. I want, I want you to pray over Joseph. What do you want me to pray over? Whatever the Lord tells you. Just pray. (laughs) Father, I thank you, Lord, that your presence, your manifested power is working in Joseph (laughs) and working through him. Lord, and you're pouring out, you're filling him up. The abundant overflow is coming to pass in his life with the manifested power and glory and presence of Almighty God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your presence that's in this place. We thank you. We thank you for your word. Thank you that we're growing up into him, into all things, who is Christ. Thank you that you're growing us up quickly. You're growing us up quickly because the days and times are evil. So you're, you're commanding us to grow up quicker. To be the influence, the voice, and the instrument and vessels of revival you've called us to be. So we step into it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, give God a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, Joseph had no, has no clue what I'm preaching tonight. All the Lord told me was to tell him yesterday. I don't know. I don't, when I went to your office, the Lord said, just, just be ready. I said, okay. And so I was like, all right. And, uh, I mean, you, you'll, you see me flow in different veins from time to time as a pastor. Sometimes I can preach with a, a prophetic edge or I can preach in different ways, but um, like, it's not like Deborah and Joseph and Eric. They've, 
you know, it's, you know, they say you, you, when you're in Africa, you flow a little different than you do at home. Don't, don't I, <laughs> it's a, I'm a little different in, when I'm in Africa than when I'm here because I'm more apostolic when I go to Africa and I'm more just like, okay, you do this and then you do that. Or we were in a service and we had to like, we had like another service to go. We had to change everything up and, 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 and like, okay, no, okay. Um, I want you to play a rap song and I want you to dance and then Dewar, I want you to sing this and, and just things are just, just, just changing just what the spirit of God is doing. So, so, so you, you may in the next, within now and the end of the year, especially on Wednesday nights, we'll be talking about some things and we're going to have different ministers speak on different things. But we've been dealing with living uncommon, um, all, you know, all year on Wednesday nights. And so between now and the end of the year, we're going to be talking about, I'm going to talk about tonight being full of the spirit. And I'm going to go into just the beginning of the gifts of the Spirit. And so between now and the end of the the year, we'll be talking about whether it's a gift of the Spirit or we'll be talking about a fruit of the Spirit. You know, a lot of times we can can focus on gifts but not understand understand fruit. You know, um, know, some of you heard me say this. You know, if we, we look at... The high priest garment in the Old Testament, and then you look at Jesus being being our high priest, and you look at part of the garment that the high priest had, and part of that, and, and sometimes you see things in the scripture, and they may not make sense, and well, why God, why did they make the garment that way? And what's significant about that garment? Well, it's interesting that on the high priest garment, um, just part of it was a pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell. So here you had a fruit and you had a bell. A fruit and a bell. A fruit and a bell. And this is around the entire high priest garment. What was that for? Because, because we have to, we have to understand that the, the fruit is the fruit of the spirit and the bell is represented the gifts of the spirit. And if, now, now get this, if you, if you have bells and, and a fruit not in between it, then you, what you become is just a tinkling symbol and a crashing symbol. And if you look at, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14, what is chapter, chapter 12 is about gifts. What's chapter 13 about? What? Love? And what is chapter 14 about? Gifts. So we understand that we can, we can, we, we have a desire to operate in the gifts, but you will never operate in the fullness of, of the gifts apart from the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus operated in maximum power and maximum authority, not just because he was anointed, but he also understood the fruit of the spirit. He was moved with compassion and therefore he healed the sick. See, and and so often we can talk about things we can see and we can talk about, you know, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, working of miracles, revelation gifts, speaking gifts, power gifts. And we'll get into all the different types of gifts that that there are. But understanding that those are going to flow through the vessel that is also operating in the fruit of the spirit. And so these are important. So so it's going to be a lot of teaching over, over the weeks to come on Wednesday night. And, and so I'm just going to kind of lay a foundation here. And it's interesting, you know, you know Joseph, you know, um, he pretty much quoted, you know, five verses from John chapter 14. And my very first verse was John 14 in those same verses. So I don't need to read that now. So praise the Lord. So let's go to Luke chapter 24. And, um, and I believe also in, as we teach this, I believe that signs and wonders follow the word preached. And so I'm believing as we go through the weeks what you were seeing in, in what was just happening with Joseph and Eric, Eric I didn't know Eric, I, did, I didn't know I was going to call Eric up or anything like that. So, so what you're going to see, you're going to see some demonstrations 
and may even have you activate some of the gifts as well. So be ready. That doesn't mean that I'm going to stay home because I watch online because I don't want Pastor Justin to call on me. You know, I, I think, think of a story of um, Dr. Savell and Brother Copeland. And, and uh, this was when he was, uh, they had drove, driven, from, driven, they had driven from, let me get to Luke chapter 24. And <laughs> I'm trying to talk and um, I remember Dr. Savell telling a story when they drove from Shreveport and to Grace Temple. It's overall, five, I think it's close to Campus Drive. It was back there where Grace Temple was. Now it's another church. And, and so they went and they pretty much stayed in the parking lot and they would be early to the meetings and they'd hear Brother Copeland preach. And, and, and then so one day they, um, they were out there and the Brother Copeland said, why don't you, you know, why don't you to come home with us after a Sunday service? We'll go get something to eat. And they were like, do you have any plans? And they're like, well, um, no, <laughs> so we'll go home with you. And, and so he had some questions to Brother Copeland and said, you know, you know, I, I see these things in the word and can you, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm desiring the gifts of the spirit. So, so they, they, they have that conversation Brother Copeland talks to him about a few things and, and then they come to the service that night and, and brother, uh, brother Jerry's kind of sitting on the side here where, where pastor Phil is. And, and, and so brother Copeland is standing up there and, um, and I can't remember if it was, a, it was a message in tongues or, or something or, um, or, or, or what exactly it was, but, um, he said, uh, brother Jerry stand up or he said, uh, Jerry stand up. He goes, the Lord's given you something. I want, I want you to speak it out. He's like, no. No, no, come, come on, come on. And he walks up. Now, now, Jerry, it, it's, it's right on the inside of you. And if you just, just release your mouth, you're going to, you're going to speak something and, and it's just going to come out of you. And he's like, no. And I don't know how long that went on, but brother Jerry kept saying, no, <laughs> you know, and, and brother Copeland trying to coach him, you know, Hey, yeah, just, just do that. Just step out. It's you, it's, it's only inside of you. And, 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 and brother says, no. <laughs> and, and so, and so come to find out. So brother Copeland said, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to give what the Lord wants to give. And, and he gave it. And as he was, brother Copeland was speaking it, brother Jerry knew every word before brother Copeland said it. And why? Because of fear. He didn't want to step out. What, how many times are, do, are we, God's wanting to do something amazing, maybe in a church service or at Walmart. Gifts of the Spirit aren't, aren't just for, for the church. They're for the believer to operate. Yeah, the gifts of the Spirit, yes, it's to increase the body. It says that the body would profit. And Pastor Phil, we talk talk about that next week. But but I, I want to just lay a foundation because we're called to be filled with the Spirit, and that just we're not filled with the Spirit just to say we're charismatic. So Luke twenty four verse forty nine says, "And behold, I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised, but remain in the city until you're clothed." With power from on high. So here, here Jesus has come back. Jesus has died for their sins, but he tells them, I, 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 I you have a great commission. He's given them a great commission. They, they've been given an assignment, but he says, don't go on the assignment until you're clothed with power from on high. Meaning, meaning you have an assignment on your life, but don't step into that assignment until you got the cl- right clothes on. 
And I want you to know that you have an assignment on your life and God has prepared and made ready a garment of his power and his ability to help you fulfill that assignment on your life. He said, you've got to go to Jerusalem in, in, in John chapter 16. Uh, you know, he says, it's expedient that I go away. It's advantageous for you that I leave here because if I don't go, then the spirit of God can't come. And you need what I'm about to give you. You, you gots to have this. <laughs> you gots to have this. This is, this need, this is, exp- this is advantageous for you. So, so understanding this, this is a gift that gives me the advantage, Deborah. In Mark chapter 11, it says this. He goes, if you being an evil man or a natural man know how to give good gifts unto your children, How much more would the heavenly father give the gift of the Holy Spirit? So it takes an evil man that wants to give a good gift. And that word good gift means a treasure that exceeds. So as a natural father, I want to give a treasure that exceeds to my children. And I'm just a natural person. How much more would the heavenly father give the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is a treasure that exceeds? Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Holy Spirit, help me deliver this. So I've got like three pages of notes. And uh, yeah. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The Amplified says, but you shall receive power. I love this ability and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the very bounds of the earth. You're going to be my witnesses. What does a witness do? A witness testifies to something. It testifies. You know, a witness, if you are a witness in a court case, you're, you're, per, you're part of evidence. So here it says this power of the Holy Spirit is going to become upon you and you are going to be witnesses. So that empowerment on your life is going to be evidence for people in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So when this is spoken, this is, this is understand. As this was spoken, we're talking about uttermost part. This means everywhere that, that Deborah, this power of the Holy Spirit is going to cause me to be evidence in, in everywhere I go. Not just in church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Given power to be a witness. So that, so with that power on my life, it should change my life. Like I said, being spirit filled just doesn't, isn't, I don't wear that label because it's the kind of church I go to or to be charismatic. No, I'm spirit filled. Therefore, his spirit embodies my life. And because his spirit embodies my life, I am now evidence to everyone I come in contact with. You're a witness. 
your evidence. Your evidence. So if the Spirit of God is on my life, there should be evidences of the Spirit of God on my life. I'm so grateful that I'm not the same way I was after I got born again in 1993. That doesn't mean I was perfect the next day or been perfect since then. But realizing because of the work of the Spirit of God on my life, I am now evidence of the power of God. I'm evidence of the Spirit of God. We have to understand that the, the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the infilling of the Spirit is the difference maker on a believer's life. We see the Spirit of God coming upon Samson. We see the Spirit of God coming upon Elisha, Elijah. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, we see where the Spirit of God came, came upon Samuel and it said he would t- was turned into another man. Meaning, meaning there was evidence when the Spirit of God touched his life. See, there has to be evidence that the Spirit of God is on your life on this church. Because the Spirit of God is a difference maker. The Spirit of God was a difference maker in creation. It was a difference maker. You and I were just a ball of dirt until Jesus and until God breathed the breath of life into Adam. So the Spirit of God breathing into Adam made the difference. And the Spirit of God will be the difference maker on your life as it pertains to any area of your life. 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. If you're just taking notes, you can just make note of that. In the message, it says, Samuel took his flask of oil and anointed him with his brothers standing around watching. And the Spirit of God entered David like a rush of wind. And God vitally empowered him for the rest of his life. Whoa. I want to read that again. Samuel took his flask of oil, anointed him with his brother standing around watching. And the spirit of God entered David like a rush of wind and God vitally empowered him for the rest of his life. Wow. Vitally empowered him. We see that Jesus was filled with the spirit. We see in Luke chapter 418, it said the spirit of the Lord was upon him. And because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, he was able to preach. See, the, the, sometimes we look at this scripture in a different way. The Spirit of the Lord was upon me because he anointed me to preach. Jesus didn't preach and then the anointing showed up. The anointing was on him and because the anointing was on him, he preached. See, the anointing was the ability. The anointing was the empowerment. The anointing was the difference maker. Without the spirit of the Lord being upon Jesus, then he would have just been another religious philosopher. But when the anointing was on him, now he's not just releasing words. He's releasing anointing. Because the spirit of God is the difference maker in Acts 10.38. How God, how, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost and power. It wasn't just anointed with power. It was anointed with Holy Ghost and power. And because of that, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Without that empowerment, it would be impossible for him to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. You, you see, he had to have the empowerment to do the rest of that scripture. 
Do you understand that? He, he had to have the anointing. He had to have the fullness of the spirit on his life to do, to, to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. There's a lot of people in the world that, that can do, we can do good things, but when you have the anointing and you're doing good things, then you can heal all that are oppressed by the devil. The anointing, the fullness of the spirit is the difference maker on our lives. And it's not just a church thing. It's an everyday thing. Say this, the fullness of the spirit of God is on my life. And it is, he is the difference maker. Hallelujah. Let's go to um, Acts chapter 13. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 4 first. So we see it with, we saw in the Old Testament, we see it with Jesus and we see, then we see it with the disciples. There was, there was witness, there was manifestations, there was witness, they, they became a witness when the spirit of God came upon their lives. So much so that, that even the world said things about the disciples. What does it say in, in Acts four, verse 13? Now, when the boldness of Peter and John, now when they saw they, they saw something. Now, they here were unspiritual people. The they here were natural people. The they here were worldly people. And it says, now, when they, the worldly people, they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived, they saw that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they, they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Wow. So now they're seeing something on them that was on this Jesus that they were watching. So now because of the fullness of the spirit on Jesus and they saw qualities of Jesus, they saw the kindness of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the joy of Jesus, the peace of Jesus. They saw this. And yet now they're seeing the qualities of the disciples and they're saying, wow. See, they could tell who they've been hanging out with. Why? Because now Jesus was a witness. Why? Because Jesus produced evidence. Now they're seeing the disciples and they had quality. So now the disciples are producing evidence so much. They, 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 the only way they can describe it is we took knowledge that they'd been with him. <laughs> they'd been with Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Who have you been with? Because you will be a witness to whoever, who, who you've been with. <laughs> so when you're with the fullness of the spirit, you're with, you're, you're with the spirit of God. You're with the word of God. Then it will be evidence all around you. People will see those qualities in your life. Thank you, father. Mm. Um, you can make note of Acts thirteen fifty two. It said they were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's get, go to Acts chapter 11. I didn't want you to have to turn to all these scriptures. But, so I'm just kind of just quoting some of them. I want, I'm, I, what I want you to see right now is, is the Spirit of God on their life caused them to be witnesses. And the 
in the spirit of God on their life as being a witness was evidence for people to see. Now, Acts chapter 11, verse 23, in the Amplified, it says, When he arrived, and so I'm about Barnabas, and saw that the grace of God was bestowed upon them, he was full of joy. And he continuously exhorted, warned, urged, and encouraged them all to cleave unto and remain faithful to and devoted to the Lord with steady purpose of heart. Now listen to this. For he was a good man. And this is Barnabas that was sent out by the church of Jerusalem. After everyone's being scattered because of the stoning of Stephen, they send to Antioch to see what's happening because they're seeing the works that took place in the very beginning are happening in Antioch. And so he shows up and he gives them this message for them to remain devoted to the Lord. But it says this of Barnabas, for he was a good man. Amplified says, good in himself and also at once for the good and the advantage of other people. Wow. Do people say that you're a good man? A good woman? Not just in yourself, but other people? Meaning there was evidence in Barnabas' life because of the fruit, of, because of the because of the fullness of the spirit in his life. It says he was a good man. Then it was it say full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Wow. So Barnabas wasn't just a good man, but now we see that he was full and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Who's in control of you? Who's controlling your attitude? Who's controlling your responses? Who's controlling your love walk? Who's controlling your joy level, your peace level, your self-control level, your, how about your patience level? He was full of control by the Holy Spirit. And, and it says, and full of faith. I don't know about you, but I, I want to I be like Barnabas. But this is, this, is, this is being like Jesus. Jesus was a good man. Jesus was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was full of faith. So you see that we, we're seeing evidences that being filled with the Spirit, there's also evidence that people are going to see it in my life. Let's go to Ephesians 5. I'm almost done my introduction. Ephesians 5. Thank you, Father. Ephesians 5. Look at verse 14. In the Amplified, it says, Therefore, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon you and give you light. Christ. It didn't say, now, it's interesting, it didn't say Jesus Christ. You know, it didn't say Jesus Christ will shine upon you. Just, it's just, that's just a thought. It said Christ shall shine upon you. What is Christ? The anointing. The anointing will shine upon you. Upon you and give you light. 
Then it says, look carefully then how you walk. So this light that's going to come upon me is now saying, now I need to, I need, it's going to change how I walk. This light shining and now I've got a, I've got a light and what does a light do? A light illuminates a pathway. So with this light, now I can, I can look carefully how to walk. And with this light, now I can live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and the witless, but as the wise. Meaning, so with this light that's shining upon me is going to cause me to have wisdom. It's going to give me direction. It's going to give me guidance. Do you see this? And then it says this, it says, making the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil, meaning I'm going to need this light to shine in my life, not just knowing what to, which way to go, what I'm going to need this light. Why? Because the days are evil. And I mean, we're living in some evil days right now, if you haven't noticed. So we need this light. Then verse 17, therefore, don't be vague or thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. You know, some people kind of well, make prayers. Well, Lord, what's your will for my life? Oh, Lord, if you just have, what's your purpose for my life? Yeah, th- there's, there's an individual purpose you have. But sometimes if you just, just go to the word, you'll, you'll, find, you'll find what this is. It tells us exactly firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. It's telling me to firmly grasp what the will of the Lord. What is the will of the Lord? I'm glad you asked. The will of the Lord is not to get drunk with wine. That's not God's will for your life. Alcohol is not a will for your life. Is not God's will for your life. Natural substances are, are not God's will for your life. Well, doesn't the Bible say a little wine is good for the stomach? Doesn't the please stop? Please stop. Some of you are so interested. How far can I go and still get in? It's like you're so focused on the wrong, the, the, the wrong boundary. It's like, seriously? I mean, never mind. It, the, the will, firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord is not for me to be drunk with wine. But what? Be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. And we can continue to read, but, but understand what the will of the Lord for my life is to be filled with the spirit, be filled with the spirit. I'm telling you the Holy spirit, I'm Jack Daniels has nothing on the Holy ghost. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't make a whole list. K one has nothing. If you know, never mind. That's synthetic weed. If you know what K one is, but <laughs> don't go go search what K one is. <laughs> but the point is, is to be continually filled. With, and don't ask how Pastor knows those things. Okay, <laughs> you don't need to know. <laughs> the, so, how to be firmly grasped with the will of the Lord is? It tells me here what the will of the Lord is, and it's not to be drunk with wine. It's meaning my my focus shouldn't be inundated with natural things, but my focus should be on being being filled with the Spirit. If you don't know what, you know, well, Lord, what do you want me to do, do tomorrow? If you don't know and you haven't heard exactly what you need to do, hey, be filled with the Spirit. 
And that's not, it's, it's be being filled, meaning this is a continual thing. I, I already quoted uh, Acts thirteen fifty two. It says, and they were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So you and I have to have this constant connection with heaven. We need to constantly be plugged in to heaven. Where we're being filled up. Why? Because the days are evil. And people need to see my light. So that's my introduction. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Being filled with the Spirit. If we are going to be filled with the Spirit, that just doesn't mean, like I said, I'm labeled as a charismatic. If I'm filled with the Spirit, that doesn't mean I may dance around or I may fall down when someone lays hands on me. Those are just these things that happen when the Spirit of God comes upon someone's life. But, but if I'm actually filled with the Spirit, then I'm also filled with the fruit of the Spirit. You know, it's often people, you know, talk about we because we, we get our mind on like prophecy and healings and 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 when we should, but but the point is 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 how about the fruit of the spirit? Remember, as I began, we need the pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell. If we don't have the 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 fruit in between, then we're just that clanging symbol, right? That the end of First Corinthians thirteen talks about. And so, so here, if I'm filled with the filled with the spirit then I'm also filled with the fruit of the Spirit. If I'm filled with the Spirit, then I'm also filled with the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm filled with the very thing that can cause me to act just like Jesus. Think about it. When we operate in the fruit of the Spirit and we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, we're operating just like Jesus. Wow. I don't know about you, but I want to I be just like him. I want to be just like my big brother. <laughs> wow. And this is, what we, this is what living in common that we're stepping into. And I believe it's going to propel some things in us as an entire church to grow in. Because this is, this is important for us to, you know, cultivating these, these, these gifts. They're, they're in you. We just have to, we have to learn to, to yield to the gifts. Sometimes we try to do it up here instead of, wait a minute, it's the, it's the gifts of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Where do you want me to go? Second time, go to 1 Corinthians 12, and um, we'll get there in a minute. I just want to bring out a couple other scriptures to you. I am starting to close here. Without going to it, John chapter 16, verse 8, talks about the Holy Spirit. and says, when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. That's a a strong word, the word reprove. Uh, The word reprove is better defined as convince. Convince. Uh, Convince can be translated as uh, to prove. It means to reveal truth. It means to show or it means to open your eyes to. So the Holy Spirit, He came to open our eyes to sin, open our eyes to righteousness, and open our eyes to judgment. 
I'll, I'll put Justin's paraphrase on this. The Holy Spirit came to convince or reveal or show God's sacrifice. Jesus, convince the word of sin. The Holy Spirit came to reveal to righteousness. That's our identity. And then Holy Spirit came to show judgment. That means he came to show and reveal our victory. God's judgment on Satan also declared my victory. So in this is why the Holy, the Holy Spirit is a revealer. Daniel, uh, I believe Daniel chapter four, verse 12, maybe I, I think I might be wrong. On that. I think I'm wrong. It says it talks about the spirit of God and says the spirit of God is a revealer of truths and a revealer of secrets. It is in Daniel, I believe it's a revealer of secrets. So, so yeah, so now I, I just br- briefly, because we talked about being full, filled with the spirit and his fullness of my life should cause me to be a witness. Now I'm talking about it being filled with the spirit. I'm also being filled with the fruit and the gifts, but realizing the spirit of God is one that reveals things. John 16, 15 says the Holy Spirit, this is my paraphrase, the Holy Spirit's mode of operation is to convince or reveal. Now let me close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So often we try to build things and I don't like, me being a teacher, I, I don't like to just build things without a proper foundation. I've seen through my 20 some years of, of, of being in the word of God and being in word of faith. And hearing things, I, some people heard teachings that they shouldn't have heard yet. <laughs> For example, and I'm not making light of this teaching or saying this teaching is wrong, but to me, the message money cometh. I believe it has some great foundational truths, but without a foundational truth on prosperity, you can get off. You're talking about pulling the lever and, and you're talking about believing for a $15,000 dog, but yet you can't pay for your socks and, you know, and, and people get way off. And, and so you have to have a proper foundation on certain things. And the same thing with the gifts of the spirit, we have to have a proper foundation on things. And, and, and so, and so that's my heart as a teacher is to make sure we have, we have a right, uh, a right foundation. So. So I'm not making light of that teaching. Please hear me. I'm just saying it's, it, it, it's not, if you don't have a foundation in things, you, you may not be ready for that. And, and it may be, yeah. You know, people start trying to, it's where people get into foolishness and presumption. And I mean, Fred Price, if you can go back and read any of Fred Price's books on faith, foolishness, and presumption, some amazing teachings. And, and I've seen a lot of people get off in the body of Christ because they heard teachings that were meant for people that were in the deep end of the pool and they were, they were, they, people were just stepping in. <laughs> so that's, a, that's my, I guess my own opinion, I guess, but because I care about people because I'm a pastor. I care about people and I've seen people hurt. So first Corinthians 12, and I'm just going to deal with this first scripture. I believe it says now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant. But Paul here is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about these spiritual gifts. The, this, this definition for ignorant, there's three different definitions in the way Paul can use this. One is, Paul is saying, I don't want you lacking any knowledge when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. He's saying, because, he's saying I don't want you ignorant. He said, because you don't understand. I, I don't want you... 
Paul is also saying, because you don't understand, don't ignore these gifts. See, sometimes we can ignore things we don't, we don't, we don't understand. And so Paul's saying, don't be ignorant of these. So Paul's trying to give them understanding so they don't ignore it. And sometimes the body of Christ, well, I don't understand it, so therefore I'm not going to touch it. People are that way about eschatology, you know, last day's teaching. It's like, well, I'm not going to read the book of Revelations because I, I don't understand it. But yet it tells us it's just a revelation of Jesus Christ. So, so a lot of times we'll stay away from, it, from things just because we, we will ignore it because we don't understand it. So Paul's saying, I don't want you to ignore the gifts of the Spirit because you don't understand them. So I want to bring understanding. So in these teachings, whether it's on the fruit or the gifts, you're gonna, we're going to be educated to where we don't ignore things that we've been given. And the third definition for ignorant here is Paul saying, I don't want you to be misinformed. I don't want you to be misinformed. So, so in this series that we're going to be dealing with is Paul saying, I don't want you ignorant. He's saying, I don't want you misinformed. I don't want you to ignore them because you don't understand them. And I want you to have, I don't want you lacking knowledge in these gifts. So spiritual gifts. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Now the word gifts in the Bible, there's four different definitions for the word gifts. One of them we can see in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. And this word gift is sacrifice or offering. That's not what spiritual gifts are. The second definition is a gift is something that has been divided or distributed. You can, you can find that word in Hebrews chapter two, verse four, but that's not this word. A third definition is a definition for gifts in the Bible is a present. And that, in that word, you can see defined in Ephesians chapter four, verse eight. But in Corinthians 12, verse 1, the word gifts is different. And it's the same word where we get our word charismatic from. And it's actually the same word where we get the word grace from, charis. Or we could say charisma or um, yeah, charisma or charis, meaning grace. So Paul's saying a spiritual gift. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Now concerning spiritual graces. Now concerning spiritual endowments. I don't want you ignorant and misinformed. So, so this is graces. Now this word, this word, Greek word here for gift is a favor. And this word can mean a divine favor that brings deliverance from danger. So let me define this. Now concerning spiritual graces. That is a divine uh, favor that brings deliverance from danger. Okay, so, so a gift of the Spirit is a grace that can bring deliverance from danger. Now you see that. So a gift of the Spirit can bring deliverance from danger. Okay, stay with me. Now another word for this word, uh, charisma here, it's a spiritual endowment that brings qualification. So Paul's saying, now concerning spiritual graces or spiritual endowments that bring qualifications, don't be ignorant. So not only do spiritual gifts bring, can bring deliverance from danger, but now the spiritual gifts can bring endowments that make you qualified. 
And a third definition. This word also means a miraculous capability. So Paul's saying, now concerning spiritual gifts or now concerning miraculous capability, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So I want you to see that the gifts of the Spirit are not just for fivefold ministry. It's not for pulpit ministry, but it's for believers. I want you to know now, heritage of faith concerning spiritual gifts. Let's not be ignorant. Let's not be misinformed. Let's not lack information. Let's not ignore them because we don't understand them. Do you see this tonight? And so next week, Pastor Phil is going to pick up and do some more foundational teaching on these gifts of the Spirit, okay? And I believe it's important for us to, to, to be a part of this because I don't know about you, but I, I want to be used by God. How about you? God wants to use you. Now concerning spiritual gifts, Joseph. Now concerning spiritual gifts, Becky. Hallelujah. Now, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's grow up into him. How about you? You like that idea? So being full of the Spirit is not just saying, hey, I go to a Spirit-filled church. No. Being filled with the Spirit says, I'm a witness. And because I'm a witness, I'm filled with the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And I have miraculous capabilities because of the Spirit of God on my life. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You receive this teaching tonight. Father, we thank you for the word. And I thank you. I believe the Holy Spirit taught us tonight. Just place your hand on your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the spiritual graces that you have made available to the life of the believer. I thank you, Father, that we as a church will learn what it means to walk in the fullness of the Spirit, overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit and walking in the gifts of the Spirit. We will not be ignorant, but we will be the witnesses and the influences that you've called us to be. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Joseph.